Unleash the Secrets of Success, The Go-Giver Philosophy with Bob Berg. Join us in this enlightening interview with Bob Berg, best-selling author and co-author of The Go-Giver. In this book, Bob and his co-author share the five laws of stratospheric success, the law of value, the law of compensation, the law of influence, authenticity, and the law of receptivity. Learn how to shift your focus from giving and how giving value to others is the key to success in your personal and professional life. Bob's insights and principles gathered from decades of experience in the business world will transform how you approach success and fulfillment. Join the conversation. Don't miss out. And you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. It's an honor and pleasure to introduce our guest. So let me tell you a little bit about him. Bob Berg is a successful author and speaker who teaches entrepreneurs and sales professionals how to grow their businesses. He is best known for co-authoring The Go-Giver, a business parable that has sold over 1 million copies. Berg founded The Go-Giver Success Alliance and publishes a popular daily email newsletter, which we'll talk about soon. He is a strong supporter of free enterprise and an animal welfare advocate. Please help me welcome Bob Berg. Hey, Bob. Hello, April. What a nice introduction. It's an honor to be with you. Oh, thank you so much. We truly are honored to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Now, let's jump right in. Can you share with our audience a little bit about yourself and how you got started on this incredible journey of giving? Well, I, I began my career as a broadcaster, first on um, uh, first on radio and then television. 
uh, I was the late night news guy for a very, very small ABC affiliate in the uh, in the Midwestern United States. Uh, wasn't particularly good at it, though, and I, I knew before long that wasn't going to be my my life career path. So I like to say I graduated into uh, sales. Uh, the challenge I had was I had never had any formal sales training and, and didn't really know what I was doing. So I floundered for the first you know, few months or so. And then I, I was in a, a bookstore uh, looking for something. I wasn't sure what. This is 40 years ago. So the world of personal development and sales, it you know, wasn't really known to people, you know, to everybody as, as it is today. But I was looking for something as I knew I needed help. And I came across a couple of, of books on sales. One was um, uh, one was by Tom Hopkins. The other was by Zig Ziglar. And I, I know your husband, he and I have spoken, and, and I know he's a huge fan of Zig's. And, yeah. um, and so I, I was very encouraged to see that there were actually books on selling, you know? And I said, wow. So I got those two books, and I just devoured them. And... Mm -hmm. Really, in a, a short period of time, probably within a few weeks, my sales really began to to go through the roof. And and what that said to me was, you know, because it was really nothing significantly different from Bob Berg three weeks earlier and Bob Berg three weeks after, right? So, but I had a system now. I had a methodology for being able to to do this. And to, you know, I personally I define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles, the key being predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A, and eventually you'll get the desired result of B. And, and that's what I did following Mr. Ziegler's and Mr. Hopkins' um, advice. Uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the best part of it, though, excuse me, please. <coughs> I'm sorry. The best part of it, though, was um, learning about the personal development aspect, right? And so I started getting all sorts of, of books. This is back in the, you know, the, I guess the mid 80s or so. Uh, I started getting books like How to Win Friends and Influence People and The mm -hmm. Magic of Being Big and, and the uh, Psycho Cybernetics and yeah. As a Man Thinketh and all these classics mm -hmm. sales and personal yeah. development. Yeah. And, and what I came to realize was that uh, <coughs> success was very much an inside job. Mm -hmm. Yes. On the inside. Uh, now, you, your success manifested outwardly, but it all came from what you were feeding yourself and, yeah. and then taking action on that, of course. And so I, I just fell in love with sales and personal development and continued to do that. Uh, a number of years later, I was sales manager of another company. And from there, I started showing others how to do what uh, other, <coughs> excuse me, other companies, how to do what was working for me. And it just morphed into a, 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 a speaking career, basically, and yeah. uh, began to write books. My first book was Endless Referrals, Networker, Everyday Contacts into Sales, which first came out in the 90s. And years later, I had the great opportunity to team up with John David Mann, who's a fantastic writer and and mm -hmm. uh, entrepreneur. And, and we put together the first Go-Giver book. And that's, that's really how that, that came about. Yes. And, you know, yes, go ahead and take a drink for a minute and, and I'll go ahead and take over for a little bit no, because ahead, okay. so much of what you said is, you know, you seem like such a, 
a quick learner and avid reader, I can see with your background and, you know, just this desire to really soak in information and how exciting that is. My husband and I are very much like that. That's one familiarity we have. And it's interesting, the conversations never stop. Bob, you know, about how we continue to to develop and to learn and to grow. And we were out on a walk today and we were looking at our plants and some of them we thought for sure were dead. And he said, it's all in the roots. April. <laughs> and I said, so what you're saying is, uh, you know, it's all what's inside is what shows outside right so it, it all yeah. starts from within it's the roots it's it's the foundation it's, yeah he's absolutely yeah. right it's the foundation that you build now you know the only thing where you said about my being a, a quick learner no that i'm not i'm, I'm not a fast mm. learner i'm not a quick learner i'm a consistent learner mm. uh and once i i Jeez. have something i in fact i think one of the reasons why a strength of mine is being able to teach uh is because i'm not a fast learner Right. You know, it's like we talk about the the great natural athletes who don't necessarily make the best coaches mm. because they don't have the empathy. Right. Oh. You know, the the great Ted Williams, probably the greatest uh, pure hitter of all time. He was not necessarily a great manager or coach because to him, what did he do? He got up there, he grabbed the bat, he swung, he hit the ball, you know, and he couldn't necessarily understand. Now he worked hard at it, but he, but he couldn't necessarily understand why his players couldn't do the same thing. You know, it's right. like the, uh, uh, you know, the math genius who can't teach anybody math. Why not? Because to him or her, they just do math. They see numbers, works, puts it together. So I, you know, I think with me, because I'm a slow learner, I can sort of, I'm relatable and I can relate to those people who also are not fast learners and, and do it that way. So you're giving I, I me hope. I, well, um. I, well, I have, <laughs> well, I'm sure you're a much faster learner than I am. No, it's no, I mean, you're giving me hope where as you know, sometimes I think we can fall back and say, Oh, I don't know if I, if I'm going to be a good teacher you know, because I still have so much to learn. You know, I think when you're a life learner or, or an avid learner and you want to continue that, you know, you, you, you say those things, but you're right. I think that a lot of the, the best teachers really are the ones who have experienced the most and that they can show up empathetically. Exactly. Ah, exactly. And that, that's the key word, empathy, to, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to, to be able to get, you know, on an emotional level where that other person's coming from. Absolutely. So, and, you know, in essence of your book, The Go-Giver, it's really about, you know, all of this giving and, and the five keys, right? The laws, um, the value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. But so much of what I love about your books, Bob, is that it's in story form. It's, it's like, it's very similar to, and, and I'm not going to say this in the right way, but it, it's like biblical teachers. It's, teachings. It's story form. And so it's easy to relate and you want to, you know, you know, come in and, and hear more and listen more and tune in. So I think you guys were brilliant when you decided to do that. What made you decide to create it in that way? Well, all my books before teaming up with John and and since have all been how-to books. That's mm -hmm. how I write because I'm a how-to person. I'm step one, step two, step three. Right. Uh, Endless Referrals was a how-to book for salespeople and entrepreneurs 
who knew they had a great product or service. They believed in it. They knew it brought fantastic value to those they serve, but they didn't necessarily feel comfortable going out into their communities and creating the types of relationships where people wanted to do business with them directly and or refer them to others. So it was a step-by-step mm -hmm. -step how yeah. to cultivate those relationships. You know, my, my yeah. uh, I guess, um, saying a foundational saying has always been that all things being equal people will do business with and refer business to those people they know like and trust uh that was the theme that was the premise of endless referrals right and i thought you know what if we could take that basic premise and put that into story form because i i think you know you and i know we we all know i think intuitively that stories connect with people on a much deeper level it's really yeah heart to heart and why we have and, the show <laughs> Story. and so fortunately in the early 2000s uh the early aughts i think they say right they uh i was the uh i was um writing a monthly column for a, a magazine and john david mann happened to be the the editor-in-chief so i got to know john and his brilliant writing and even back then you know everyone who knew him in his circle knew this guy was just a genius he was brilliant a uh, great storyteller and uh, he, he has since, by the way, and he's co-authored tons of books, not just with me, but with others. He's also written mystery novels and everything. I mean, the guy's a genius. And mm -hmm. um, and so I thought about, you know, could we put this this kind of theme in the no like and trust theme into a story form? So I asked John, I just said, you know, I'd, I'd love to do this, but you're the only one I want to do this with. I know that you can make this thing really come alive. And um, and yeah, he was still busy at the time. So it wasn't it wasn't a a done deal or anything but fortunately he and his his well then fiance now wife anna they were in um uh, the tampa area visiting her mom i live across the state in jupiter they took a four-hour drive uh, and we had about a three-hour dinner and talked about what you know the book would look like what we do with it what we expect her and so forth and uh, about three weeks later he called and said yeah you know let's do this thing i think we got something so it took us really just a few months to write it with it of course john was the lead writer and storyteller believe me this guy but uh it, but interesting is that it got turned down by i think 24 new york publishing houses before oh i didn't know that accepted it about a year later so it took us a while uh to, to actually get it uh, get a publisher for it wow that's amazing that's yeah. a great great yeah. story <laughs> And, and now look at it. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of historical almost. It's one of the, the, the best books go to that we have in our day and age. And, and wow. again, what a pleasure it is to, to speak with you. Um, there was a little tidbit that I learned about you. Your, your father talks a lot about tact. I would love to know a little bit more about that because so much of that is really what, what, you know, made you who you are and how you view things yeah i um i really learned about people skills from observing my dad uh the guy had the most natural people skills mm. that i've ever seen just you know he'd go somewhere once and everyone just loved him and with him it was just very natural he had a true love of people and an interest in people he wanted to bring out the best in others and uh, just did so in such a genuine way um and a, a very tactful person you know he could he could say things to people in such a way that he could get his point across uh and yet people didn't feel defensive they didn't feel right and put down and, and so forth uh and dad always said that tact is the language of strength 
Mm. And I, I love that definition. Um, because really, you know, it takes that emotional strength to not just, you know, react. going back to, you know, to Zig Ziglar, who, who said there's a big difference between reacting and responding, right? Yes. When we react, we're letting someone else or outside circumstances control us and our emotions. When we respond, we are in control of our emotions and yeah. are in a, a much better position to take a potentially negative situation and turn it into a win for everyone involved. Yeah. And so to, to have tact means you've got to first be able to control your emotions. It's, it's not shooting back that te nasty text or email to someone who says something that really, you know, kind of brings out some some negative feelings in you or, or in person or whatever. So, yeah. So tact is really the language of strength. And it's that mm -hmm. it's really it's a way of communicating an idea to someone that they ordinarily would not be open to, not be receptive to and doing so in such a way that, yeah, they are open to it and they're much more likely to be accepting of you and your ideas. Uh, I, I, I love that as well, Bob. It's it's brilliant. You know, it's really um, you're right. It is taking back control when we're being when we're responding, you know, for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you talk a lot about seeking to understand and you've just you've just said the win win, you know, with the outcome. And you've mentioned before, and I want to ask because it's an interesting concept, but you've talked about listening with your neck. Can you can you tell a little bit about that and what that means? Yeah, this is actually something I learned from John while we were um, writing the last book in the series, um, uh, uh, The Go-Giver Influencer. So there's four mm -hmm. books on the series that John and I have, have written. Uh, and actually, John and his wife, Anna, wrote a fifth book called The Go-Giver Marriage. Yes, yeah, They I wrote saw that, that together, yeah. Uh, which is a, a great, but they did a wonderful job with it. Uh, but John's and my last book that we wrote was The Go-Giver Influencer, which is really about people skills. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we were talking about is, you know, when we when we say step into the other person's shoes, well, that's an old saying and it sounds yeah. sounds easy, right? Well, just step into the other person's shoes. Sure, you think uh, it's more mental. Yeah, but, but then you think about though, maybe it's not so easy to do that because most of us wear different size feet. <laughs> in other words, right, literally, you know, we can't step into their shoes figuratively. We can't step into their minds and their hearts mm, because yeah. we're not them. And we're, we come from different life experiences. We're all, uh, as human beings, we all operate through our own belief system, our own set yep. of beliefs. This totally is totally different perception. Absolutely. But as human beings, we think that we see the world pretty much all the same way. We expect other people to see the world basically the way we do. How, how else could it be? It's all we know, yeah. but it's not true. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know what this other person's thinking and feeling. And the only way we can ever really discover it is by asking questions and mm -hmm. listening and not listening in order to just make our own point, not listening to, to get our own agenda across, but listening to truly, as Stephen, uh, Dr. Stephen Covey said in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, seeking to understand, yes. right? Seek first mm -hmm. to understand. And so when we listen, there's different ways of listening. We can listen with our, our ears, which is, is good. We have to do that, of course. But that tends to be surface listening, right? That's the, yep. you're, you're hearing maybe even more than you're listening, right? But you need to listen with, listen with your eyes, 
mm-hmm. listen with your your posture. And then right. John it, it made this statement said, listen with the back of your neck. Well, what does that mean? When you can actually listen with the back of your neck, what that really means is your whole being is into listening to this person. Mm. Now, when you do that, two wonderful things happen. One is you actually begin to understand more about what's driving that person, right? Mm-hmm. Secondly, this person feels listened to. And it is a very basic need of human nature to feel listened to and to feel understood. And when that's the case, you're able to develop a rapport with that person and you're able to move someone from perhaps being sort of defensive and adversarial to really kind of feeling in sync with you and being much more open to you. Yeah. Absolutely. I loved that. You know, there's, there's a lot of different ways. Thank you for explaining because you can, you can think of that in so many different ways. What does that mean? You know, does that mean, you know, you're really listening with your full body and, you know, it's the body language and telling them that, yes, I'm listening to you, but you're right. It's the full body experience. It's that exchange of energy where I see you you know, in many different ways, the the whole self. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for explaining that. Um, I wanted to, to ask you about mentorship because you got a little bit into that. What is the best way to find a mentor and what should I avoid when seeking mentorship? Now there's two questions in this. So there's that. What should I avoid when seeking mentorship and how can I provide value to a mentor? Okay. So, so, so let's look at those because I, I think, and I, and I so agree with you that mentorship is so worthwhile seeking out, uh, because a good mentor can really cut your learning curve by years. Yes. And, um, and I, I think what a lot of people do though, is they will approach someone with whom they, you know, they, they don't have a relationship. There's, there's really nothing there and they'll, and they'll just say, Hey, I need a mentor. Will you be my mentor? And I, and I, and I think when doing that, it's, it's counterproductive. Why? Because first, um, it, if you want this person who you don't even know well to be your mentor, the chances are they're probably someone who a lot of people want them to be their mentor. And so they're, in other words, they're asked all the time and they only have so much time or inclination Mm. to, to do something like that. So when you kind of just say, will you be my mentor? Um, there's, there's nothing that distinguishes you from anyone else. It may even come across as an, uh, and I don't mean you, but I mean that person who is asking that person yeah. might feel it comes across as though they, they they feel entitled, right. Uh, uh, to doing that. And remember, uh, you know, a mentor protege relationship is just that it's a relationship. It, you don't ask someone to marry them before you ask them for a date, you know, it's it. And so, so we need to, to maybe take a different approach. Now that said, you can pretty much approach a person to uh, in this regard, but I would do it a little bit of a, a, a different way. And it might be saying, and it could be, and again, regardless of the media platform, this could be through phone, could be in person, could be whatever, however you meet that person. But you could ask this person, hey, you know, I know you're very busy. You know, if this is something you either don't have time to do or just for whatever reason you'd rather not, I'll absolutely understand. I'm wondering if I might ask you one or two very specific questions. 
Now, what have you done when asking this way? I, I think there's a few things. You're clear. One, yeah. Well, th that, yeah. And that's, that's the third one. And, and I love that. Absolutely. You pick right up on that. The, the first one is you, you, you came at it from a place of respect, not entitlement, but just realizing it's a big ask, just asking for this person's time. You did it very respectfully Two, You gave them the out or back door by saying, by right up front saying, if this is some, something you're either, you know, if you're either too busy or just for whatever reason, would rather not do this, I'll absolutely understand. This is the out or back door. It's an emotional escape route. It makes a person feel very comfortable with you because they know you're going to respect their time. Anyone who gives them that kind of an out is much more likely to, to be respectful of their time than someone who doesn't. And, you know, I call Berg's law of the out or back door simply says the bigger the out or back door you give someone to take, the less they'll feel the need oh. to take it. Okay. Oh, and then the, third part, the third thing is exactly what you said. You were specific. You didn't say, hey, can I pick your brain, which says to them, okay, another person is going to waste my time with a bunch of senseless questions. It's, mm -hmm. No, this person obviously knows what they're looking to do and yeah. what they're looking to ask. Okay. So the chances are, and again, not always, but the chances are the person's going to be sure. Say, you know, sure. What can I do for you? How can I help? Now, yeah. you want to make sure that you have researched this person so thoroughly that you don't ask them anything, uh, the answer to which you could have found out before. Mm. Okay. Mm. So assuming that's the case, you're going to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, you're not going to take up much of their time. You're going to thank them profusely, let them know how valuable this is, and you're going to apply the information right away. And if it's okay, I'll, I'll circle back with you or, you know, follow up and just let, let you know how things are going. They're going to say, Oh, of course, yes, please do. Now, as, as, the, the second that this conversation's over, again, whether it's phone or Zoom or in person, whatever, I would write a personalized, handwritten thank you note to the person. Very brief. Yeah. It just says, you know, dear Mr. Johnson or Ms. Smith or uh, first name, however the relationship's been established, thank you so much again for taking time out of your busy schedule. Your wisdom is priceless. Uh, I'll be applying it right away and we'll let you know how things are coming. You know, best regards, sign your name put it in a regular envelope, hand stamp it, not a meter machine stamp, but a regular stamp or commemorative stamp. So it's personal. Send it out that day. Now I do one other thing is find out, and you can do this again through just online, or if not online, you can ask their administrative assistant, but find out what their favorite charitable cause is oh. and send a, just a small, doesn't have to be anything big, a small donation in their name. It'll get back to them. They'll be notified. That's brilliant. And, yeah. And we don't, it, you know, it, it's not that you do that to, uh, you know, kiss up to the person or anything like that. No, you're just, again, communicating that you respect the process. Yeah. That you appreciate them, that you want to yeah. do your best to be. Well, you, you value their opinion on their choice of, you know, where they're serving and doing it, better exactly. good for Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The next time you speak with this person, it might be a few weeks later, you follow up, you let them know what's happening. You maybe have another question. And if a mentor protege relationship is supposed to develop over time, it will. And it will. Absolutely. Yeah. Now it might be that that's only one or two conversations you're going to have with that person. And then someone else might be and someone else. And then you might find that ongoing mentor, or you might have a few different people who you ask for advice. Uh, it, it, you never know. Okay. So here's, here's my suggestion is to go about it this way, as we've discussed, but don't be attached to the result. 
Don't be attached to having to find that one person who's going to, because it doesn't always happen like that. Not Sometimes caring what the end result will be. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And then um, you would ask, and I apologize, one other, oh, what can you do to be a good protege? So to add value to your mentor. So aside from, you know, from thanking and being appreciative and doing those kinds of things, basically it's anything that you feel you can do where you can add value. So, so there's someone who might uh, be really good with um, technology, right? And this mentor is a little older and then they're not quite as good. So you find ways that you can help maybe, you know, tweak their website or do something that helps, right? You never know. Or it might be if you're in town, you could, you know, you could pick up their laundry, who knows? Or if, if it, if it's, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you make yourself get around people. I used to, you know, when I had mentors locally and so I'd go to their office, I would do errands for them. I wanted to make myself valuable. It didn't matter how, right? But yeah. again, it, it doesn't matter. It could be long distance or whatever. You might know they're a collector of uh, books on ancient Roman, whatever. Well, find a, uh, a first edition copy of that book and buy it and get it to them as a gift. You know, you, again, you can do anything that, that they remember value, which is defined as the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. It, it's always in the eyes of the beholder. It's what they find to be of value, right? right? So if they find it to be of value, it's not what we find to be of value. It's what they find to be of value. So, look, so anything you're going to do for them to try to bring value to them, it's got to be based on what they would appreciate. Yeah. It's this beautiful exchange of, of giving and receiving and, right. and it's that, you know, continuous movement. And mm -hmm. what I think is golden about what you've said, Bob, through all of this is, you know, when we're, we can apply this to anything in all of our relationships. You know, you talked about having a mentor and how you go about it. it makes me think of a job interview, right? We wouldn't go to a job without researching the heck out of them. Absolutely. You know, with that agency, that department, that, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you need to know all of the stats, everything about them, because that's how they know that you're going to be a good fit, that you care, that you're going to be proud to work with them and alongside exactly. them. And it's, it's the same with our relationships. You know, the more that we can do and give and, you know, show them those little acts of kindness. I love, you were so detailed about even down to the stamp, you know, not just taking it to the post office and having them, you know, put it on there, you know, just with a computer, I can't even say it right. But, you know, all of those little things and how it shows that, okay, I can see that you really do value what I'm going to say and I'm not wasting my time. And you mentioned that a lot through the books and the series. And so that's what I really appreciate it in that story form. Thank I want to make sure that everybody knows how to contact you. And so I have your website. It's also going to be in the description of the link. So many of you are going to be watching the replay on this. And then also this is really invaluable right here. If you go to berg.com slash daily dash impact, um, that's exactly what it is. It's a daily impact of wisdom and words that Bob has. Um, so if you want to say anything else about that, Bob, I know we have a little, maybe a couple more minutes, but what else would you like to share with the audience today, sir? 
No, we uh, send those out Monday through Friday, and it's a, a lot of fun. So we welcome people to subscribe to it if they they like. And it's just been a, a delight and a joy to be with you and uh, enjoyed meeting your husband earlier. The two of you are a fantastic couple and Thank doing you. such great things for people. <laughs> Thank you so much. We, we absolutely appreciate that and you. And um, really looking forward to bring more people to your work because it's truly incredible, more bits of knowledge in, in a great way that's being shared. So um, I want to let all of our guests know that, again, look at the description. If you have comments, leave them in the comments section below. And uh, goodbye for now, and we will see you tomorrow.